quite unusual. Hello, and welcome to the Quite Unusual Podcast. I'm Nicole. And I'm Noelle. And we are your hosts of the Quite Unusual Podcast. (laughs) Saying the word hosts. Hosts, I know. I I hate it. It almost seems wrong. Yeah. But you can't say we are your host. We are host one and host two. (laughs) That's what we're going to say from now on. (laughs) I am host one. And I am host two. And we are hosting. Hosts. Yeah. (laughs) I was going to say we are your hosts. But we want to stray away from that. Today we are talking about an interesting topic. It's sort of fun. I'm very excited for it. And I I kind of kept bringing it up when we were talking about like new topics we were going to do and stuff. And I was like, yeah. no, no, that's stupid. Let's not do it. And then finally we ran out of topics. So we're doing yeah. it. Yeah. <laughs> so today we're talking about gin. And genie. And genies. Not the drinking gin. No, I not wish. a G&T, but I could go for one right now. Oh, Mama loves a G&T. Oh, Ooh, girl. Don't get me started. But before we go into that, I want to talk about a new app I found. Okay. You, that, yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah, yeah. Sorry. So I, I wrote it in the script, so uh-huh. Noelle knows what it's called, but she doesn't know what it is no. yet. And I said I wasn't going to tell her because I was going to explain it to her on the podcast. But so it's called Noon Light. So not Moonlight, but Noon with an N. Uh Noonlight. And essentially what it is, and I think a lot of our female listeners who are into true crime and basically just fear for their lives every time they walk alone in the dark. Oh, yeah, for sure, dude. It's a very good app for that. So what it is... So you you sign up for the app, you put your information in, like your location and everything, and it's basically just like a panic button. So like, say you're walking to your car Mm -hmm. and it's kind of, you're alone and it's dark and you're a little scared. So what you do is you open the app and you keep your finger on the button and there's like this giant button and once you release the button, I think you have like 10 seconds or so and then they'll like... So you can say, like, I'm okay, but if you release it and you don't say you're okay, the, I guess, people behind the app, they'll call the police for you. Really? And they have your location because it's on your phone, and you don't even have to call. You don't even have to say where you are. It'll just send, uh, like, dispatch to wherever you are based on the location of your phone. I'm going to download this right now. Noonlight? Noonlight. Yeah. It's really cool. I haven't had the chance to use it yet, but I actually heard it... On another podcast I was listening to, and there was a female host, and she was talking about how she had it and, you know, how she uses it sometimes. And she said that she accidentally clicked it, and the cops came, or, like, she let go of the button and they came. So we know it works. (laughs) But, yeah, it's really, it's a really awesome app, and I think it's just kind of handy for every female to have, you know? Yeah, dude, it's super dope. And, like, say, like, whatever, if something happens to you and you have your phone open, you could just click on the app, and if you just press the button and let go of it right away, it'll just immediately send something to, like, the Noonlight team. And I, so I tried it because I wanted to see if it worked. Yeah. So I clicked the button and I let go of it, and I immediately got a text, <gasps> like, are you okay? And basically all you do is, like, just respond and say, like, yeah, I'm okay. Yeah, it's so, a lot safer than holding your keys in between your fingers. Yes. Uh-huh. Yeah, it's like the the app version of that. But you, yeah. there's like different levels you can pay for 
that I guess give you more protection. But the free mm-hmm. one, which is the one where it's basically just a panic button. Yeah. And it's kind of awesome. Yeah. There's kinda actually, um, for $10 a month, you can download this one feature where it turns your phone into mace. So <laughs> out of the camera comes like a stream of mace. Mm. That's an app? There's yeah. an app for that? Yeah, there's an app for, there's an app for everything now, Nicole, let's oh, be honest. I love it. I love it. Well, that's, yeah. that's super cool, dude, because, I mean, we're all into true crime. We're all into spooky-ass shit. Right. And we know who gets murdered. Women. And who gets <laughs> who do they get murdered by? Men. Men. So, yeah, download Noonlight. This Don't is not sponsored. Noonlight. No, this is, yeah, they are sponsored not sponsored. by Survival. <laughs> sponsored by Survival. Yeah, so I guess, uh, and if you live alone, it's a good thing to have, too, instead of, because I always have dreams where I'm trying to open my phone, uh-huh. or, like, trying to, have you ever had that dream where you're trying to type in 911, but your fingers keep hitting the wrong buttons? No. And then you have to, del- am I the only one that has this I just always <laughs> dial 911, and then I wait to hit send. Well, I always have a dream that I, I'll open my phone and I go to like type nine one one in, but my phone, like my hand is shaking, and I mm-hmm. just keep on hitting the wrong numbers, and then I have to keep deleting, and then I just keep on doing like the wrong numbers, and it's extremely stressful. And I'm right now thinking that I'm the only one that probably has this dream. No, no, no. I'm sure a bunch <laughs> of people have the dream. But it now that I have this app, I don't have to worry about shaking hands, dialing nine one one. I could just press the panic button. Yeah, dude. So that's what I use my life alert for. You have a life alert? <laughs> Do you wear it around your neck? Yeah, you think this is a lapis lazuli, but it's actually a life alert. Help, help. Lapis low life alert. I've fallen and I can't get up. Help me, I've fallen and I can't get up. Yeah, so I guess it's kind of like a life alert. Yeah, it's pretty sick, dude. And then like like you said, if you live alone, you know, yeah. and you're just like kind of like a little bit lonely, maybe you let go of that button and you let, a co- <laughs> you let the cops come. You're like, oh no, I'm okay actually, but... Can I have your number in case guys, I'm not okay later? Are you, you guys off soon? You guys want to stay for like a, you, a drink or something? Yeah, I mean, like, I got nothing. Open a cold one with me. Whatever. Got nothing to do. No plans over here. I just put a lasagna in, actually, if you want to. <laughs> lasagna. <laughs> what do cops eat? I just imagine they're like. What do cops eat? <laughs> they're like Garfield, right? I think cops like lasagna. If you're a cop and you like lasagna, <laughs> let us know. Just eat the lasagna and shut up. <laughs> Anyways, gin. Gin and genies. Yeah, yeah. That's our topic. But before we get into it, I do have a movie suggestion because... Movies are live. We're also kind of like a movie podcast, I guess, <laughs> I guess you can say. But there is a recent movie that came out called The Gin. Really? Yeah, or maybe it's just gin. I don't know if there's a the. Who's in that? Robin Williams? No, actually, there is one little boy, and he basically, it's just him against this gin the whole movie, and it's a fantastic performance. Really? He's amazing in it. But yeah, so it's about this little boy. He's mute, and his dad is like a radio host, and he leaves him for the night, and he finds this like book and unleashes this gin, and it's basically him against this gin the whole night. It's a really good movie. Uh, I think it's IFC Midnight, and they usually do some good horror movies. But all right, well, it's I'll good. Look it up. It's a good one, and I was thinking about it the whole time as I was doing my research, and I was just like, I have to mention it, have to suggest it. So if you're looking for a horror movie, check out The Gin or yeah. Gin. 
the kid in it looks like a young Joseph Gordon-Lovett. Oh, I love JGL. Yeah. So good, dude. I yeah. had the biggest crush on him everyone, when I was little. Everyone did. I mean, also Third still. Rock from the Sun. I oh, mean, my come God. on, with the long hair. Uh, adorable. Adorable. <laughs> adorable. So cute. So today, as Nicole said, we are going to tell the story of the djinn. Or you might be more familiar with the term genie. Mm-hmm. Something I bet most of our listeners are familiar with. Or... They think they're familiar with. Like, I thought I was familiar with. But turns out, I'm not super familiar with. Yeah. Because my only real callback to what a genie is, is Robin Williams from Aladdin. Yeah. And then also that episode of The Witcher, where there was a genie. Was there a genie in The Witcher? I'm thinking of an episode in American Gods where there was a a djinn, too. I never saw American Gods. That's good. Is it? Yeah. The book's pretty good too we should just start up like a show <laughs> where a we recommendation show i guess yeah yeah all right well anyways let's get to it shall we we shall so jinn or genies are supernatural creatures said to grant wishes to whomever has their lamp right mm, yeah that's well, what i always thought no that's not exactly true i mean well sort of but like not really We'll get to the whole lamp business in a moment, Mm. or will we? But for now, let's start at the beginning with what exactly a djinn is. It's unclear exactly when the concept of the djinn first appeared in the collective subconscious. We do know that the idea was around before the 7th century in the Middle East. What we think of as a genie or a djinn is rooted in the Quran, or the Islamic holy book, which I'm sure everyone knows, right? Mm -hmm. And it is maintained in Arabic culture to this day. Jinn is an Arabic word deriving from the Semitic root word, also just jinn, but it's spelled J-N-N. I feel like I need to spell a lot of these things because all of them sound the same, but they're spelled wildly different. So it's just the same word, just without a vowel? Yeah, there's no vowel in it. Okay. This word means to hide or adapt. Some scholars believe that it should actually be interpreted to mean beings that are concealed from the senses, Hmm. which makes total sense because a lot of jinn are said to become invisible. Oh, okay. The word jinn also has roots in the Arabic word. I'm going to say a lot of Arabic words here, people. Super not Arabic. I did look them all up. Um, Do you know how to say it, pronounce all of them? Nope. So we're just going to go for it. (laughs) And I'm sorry. And any of our listeners who happen to speak Arabic, please correct me. And I will attempt very, very hard to say it correctly. But I'm still not going to be able to get it. I'm so sorry. Some words are hard. Words speaking is so hard, dude. Yeah. Especially, yeah. Yep. Yeah. So it has roots in the Arabic word majnun, which means possessed or insane. Or possibly the word jana, which means heaven. So a lot of mixed signals here. Yeah. Yeah. The word jinn is actually a plural, with the singular being jinni, J-I-N-N-I. That's kind of cute. It's very cute. And some believe that the word jinni actually comes from a Persian origin. The origin is a, f- a wicked female spirit called the Avastek Jani which is very fun, and I like her. The Janie were common in pre-Zoroastrian mythology of people of the people of Iran. Pre-Zoroastrian is just a fancy way of saying pagan, basically. So pre-pagan. Like, yeah, like pre, like, pre-Islam, if you will. Okay. So the pagan version 
before that. Okay. Right? So this brings us finally to the word genie, which is the anglicized version of gin because the whites got a hold of it. <laughs> and they were like, how do we mess this up possibly forever? <laughs> and they did. Why are they French? <laughs> because the anglicized version of gin borrows from the Latin word genus and the French word genie. Ah, uh, okay. So you, you, you gave the accent before you explained, so I was a little thrown off It's there. called foreshadowing. But I got it right back. So. Okay, it's called foreshadowing. It's a literary <laughs> device. Most of you that are listening are likely to be familiar with the word genie from Aladdin or from its older and better relative that Aladdin is based on, Arabian Nights, which mm. is actually called... I think 1,001 nights. Yeah, I think. Yeah, I saw that too. Yeah. Yeah. Jinn was translated from Arabic into French in the 18th century to the word genie, and forever it has been ingrained in modern society. A jinn, spelled J-I-N-N, also a jinn, spelled Mm D-J-I-N-N, or a genie, or a genie, are basically all the same thing. Like, it's all one dude tons of nicknames right they're basically shape-shifting spirits well since we are genie we are basically shape-shifting spirits made of fire and air they are supernatural but not entirely supernatural because they do have sort of roots in like a physical world they're often believed to be invisible to the human eye but they still have basic natural needs like food sleep and then they also have to bang to have a baby Okay. Unless they choose artificial gensemination. <laughs> they they can do that? <laughs> yeah. That's an option for them? I mean, like, if you're a single gen lady and you're mm. like, I just want a babe, but, like, I haven't met the right genie yet, you know? You can gensemination yourself? You can artificially gensemination. Mm. And then... I like that. that you they, don't need no man. They have that option. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's nice. Huge in the gen world. <laughs> Huge. <laughs> they can also fall in love aw, with each other. Aww. And with humans. Aww. Aww. It is, however, outlawed according to Islamic law for a human being and a genie to fall in love. That's an actual law? Uh-huh. No shit. Yeah. Oh. I don't know what the fine is, but... <laughs> that seems like something that's very hard to prove. Like, we've never had to actually reprimand someone for this. So you know what? Just go ahead. It's fine. Just don't tell you anyone. You know what? Love is love, man. Let them love whoever they want. But laws are meant to be broken, baby. <laughs> <laughs> um, also, shockingly, I tried to look up if a gin and a human can have a baby, and I was not able to find anything about that. I believe that they can. Oh, I mean, it would make sense. Like a liger. Like how like a lion and a tiger can have a baby, but like they're not technically the same animal. <laughs> yeah. It's exactly the same thing, I think. I'm pretty. I, I found. I'm pretty sure that they can. Yeah. I don't know if it's actually been proven, but lore says that they can. Wow, love is love. Love is love. Jinn are bound to time and space, like we are, and they age and they grow, like we do. However, they're said to live on another plane of existence that exists right on top of our own plane, like another dimension. Sort of, yes. And they can pass, like, back and forth between ours and their plane, but we can't see their plane at all. Hmm. I'm obsessed with this idea, dude. I love that. I also, not to digress here, am 100% sure this is how the ghost world works. 
Like they live on the same plane as Jin? Or they could just go back and forth the same way? Or like our plane. Like they're like on top of us. We can't see them, and but they can they see cross us. Through. Yeah, that's why they're like oh. chilling here and like doing the thing and like, you know, kind of like knocking stuff over, like they're pretending to be cats or whatever. But it's like, I know you're not a cat because my cat's over there and like you're really scaring me. So please maybe stop doing those right now. I don't like it. Go to your own plane. What? <laughs> that was a wild tangent. But Sorry. I read somewhere that, you know how ghosts walk through walls yeah. and stuff? Well, there's a theory that why they do that is because it's like a residual haunting. Mm-hmm. And at one time, like that house, that was a hallway. But now and then somebody like put a wall up and Whoa. they're just like walking through the hallway. But they don't know because the, the hallway has been covered and there's a wall there now. So that's why they walk through walls. I love this. Yeah, isn't that kind of cute? So they can't walk through any walls, just the walls that used to not be walls. Well, if, yeah, if it's like a residual haunting and they just always at, I don't know, 10 p.m., Every night, walk this hallway. They would walk through that wall every time because that's just they don't know that there's a wa- a wall there because when they died, there wasn't. Wow, I love that idea. Yeah, and thankfully the property brothers believe in open floor <laughs> concepts, so they don't even have to worry have about walls, walls anymore. anymore. <laughs> Great for the ghost man. The property brothers. <laughs> Who knew they were going to show up in this episode? <laughs> Since a lot of Jin look like humans, some might even look like property brothers. <laughs> they can change their ability to be seen at will. They can fit in amongst us on our plane of existence. They can also move very quickly. They can fly. They can possess human bodies and they can change their shape at will. Jin can change into a number of animals. The animal most associated with the Jin is the snake. Or all of the research I did called them serpents, which I feel like is just a scary word for snake. Yeah, that's like the classy, like, serpent. It's like, no, do you just like snakes? Yeah, it's cool. Snake. Just say it. Just a snake. Whatever. The connection between gin and serpents. Oh, can I say snakes? Yeah, you okay. can say snakes. <laughs> I'm not fancy enough to say serpent, man. Yeah, you're not classy enough. No. Do I put my pinky up when I say it? Yeah, you do. Oh, it's an official shit. rule. What if a serpent bites it off? <laughs> the connection between jinn and snakes is strong enough that those who believe in the jinn also fear snakes because they're afraid that they may accidentally kill a jinn when they think that they're just killing a snake. So they don't kill snakes? Because, no. Well, good. You shouldn't kill snakes. Because they might be genies. And they're just really cool. No. That's the only reason. <laughs> in literature, they're known to change into scorpions as well. Which I fucking hate scorpions. I've never seen a scorpion. I don't have a fear of them because we don't have them here. I've also never seen them, but they're like if spiders could also stab you to death. But you have there's no fear of scorpion. Yeah, in that's why I won't Chicago. go to Arizona. <laughs> well, just don't go to Arizona. I'm You'll not be going. Fine. You can't make me stay. Stay in Chicago. I'm not going there. The winters will kill them. <laughs> so they can change into scorpions. Um, some people say that when a gin dies, it leaves behind a body. And that's the body of a scorpion or a snake. Hmm. So if you just find like a dead snake in the woods or something, it was probably a gin. Totally. Like at one time. Yeah. Like 100%. Every dead snake is a gin. <laughs> every. Not every. There's like, I would say like probably. Um, what about my snakes? I don't know. Have you asked gin? them to grant you any wishes? Maybe I should. I think you should. Hmm. We'll try it. nice, right? Yeah. Jinn are also associated with black dogs and are said to take that form quite often. 
However, a jinn cannot take the form of a wolf because a wolf is the natural predator of the jinn. Really? That's just like a, a thing I read in multiple places on the internet. Are wolves in the Middle East, though? Yeah, they're like everywhere. Really? Yeah. They live in the desert? Sure. Do you know this? Or I don't know this. saying this? It was in, like, in the Quran that this was, like, written. Oh. So. Okay. Yeah. I don't really know my geography when it comes to where wolves okay. live, so I guess well, I shouldn't talk. Super embarrassing. It's a geography <laughs> podcast, and I just don't feel, I feel like we're going to lose a lot of listeners now, but whatever. Um, I was also reading that jinn have been known to most commonly turn into cats and owls and also wild donkeys, which is just nice. What about house donkeys? Oh, definitely. Just wild? Definitely not house mm. donkeys. Okay. Only the wild ones. Mm. Like right. the feral donkey. Right. Yeah, not Got the it. domesticated one. Got it. Would never do it. Jinn are very much friends of the animal world, and they can often take gazelles, foxes, and ostriches, not as a form, but as mounts to ride around on. That's a fun picture. How fun is that? Fun picture in my Just brain. Like a little fox. <laughs> I think it's so nice. But animals are the only thing that the djinn can turn into. They can also appear as shadows and also storms. Djinn can turn at will into the wind and mist. And sometimes they take the form of sandstorms and they wreak havoc amongst people. One of the Prophet Muhammad's followers, Zubayar ibn al-Awim, said to have done special in- is said to have done special incantations to see the djinn. He claimed that they appeared as shadows on the wall. No, that was just your own shadow. Yeah, it, it was so weird. It looked just like me in my shadow. It was crazy. It was always behind me. I was being stalked. Although, if you think about it, it's a really cool image, right? Just like shadows like running across the wall. It's like, yeah, like Peter Pan style, doing oh, yeah. their own thing. I forgot about Peter Pan. Jenkin, he was a he was a Ginny. Ginny. <laughs> he was not. <laughs> He was a boy that never wanted to grow up. Yeah, which is also what genies are. What is a genie but a boy? <laughs> I'm just a boy. I'm just a boy. Standing in front of a shadow. Jin can also take the form of a human, which basically they just turn off their invisible skin and then they look like people. Hmm. It is said, though, that they often have to have one part of their body that either remains invisible or takes the shape of an animal. Otherwise, they fall out of their invisibility. So, like, if I was a genie, I would have, like, mouse ears also. (laughs) (laughs) What? What was that face for? I was looking at your ears trying to picture what it would look like. Like, teeny tiny. Yeah. How cute. So small. But I put my hair down so you couldn't see them. If you have, like, a... A mouse pinky or something. Oh, so nice. Like a little nub. Something like super cute. Yeah. Like, yeah. A, little, like a little whisker. Just like Just one. the one. Aww. Aww. It's kind of my thing, right? Mm. Yeah. It's like iconic. Some Islamic scholars believe that humans are incapable of comprehending jinn, and they often just mistake regular old ghosts as jinn. Well, if they're invisible, I can see it. Yeah. So the exact origins of a jinn are not very clear because, well, they've been around for forever. So no one really knows exactly how long. Some scholars believe that jinn first started off as evil spirits that lived in deserts or dirty places 
who had the ability to shapeshift into animals, like Noelle said. Like a cute little mouse. Yeah. Or a sea cucumber. Oh, that too. (laughs) Some scholars believe that jinns started off as pagan nature deities, but became insignificant as other deities became more popular and the jinn kind of just fell into the background. Pre-Islamic Arabs had both male and female versions of jinn, whereas I think now we just think of jinn as being the giant blue man with the voice of Robin Williams. Oh, yeah. Or Will Smith, if you saw the live action, which I didn't, so. Oh, it was pretty good. Was it? Yeah, it was all right. It was what exactly, exactly (laughs) what I'm sure you could picture. All right. I think I'll take a pass on that one. Yeah. Yeah. Jinn were worshipped during the pre-Islamic period like gods, though they were not thought to be immortal like gods. They were thought to inspire poets, philosophers, and soothsayers. If you don't know what a soothsayer is, because I didn't, it's basically just a seer or a prophet. Yeah, dude. They freaking say the sooth. How do you not know what that means? Sorry, I, I didn't know it. You never saw the sooth? I, I've never seen the sooth. Well, <laughs> have you ever seen the sooth? <laughs> no, I haven't. <laughs> you just answered your own. <laughs> oh, hilarious. Oh. Anyways, while it is believed a jinn held more powers than an average human... It's also believed that a human could kill a jinn in a fight. But if you plan to go up against a jinn, it may be a little bit harder than your average fight because, like Noelle said, a jinn can make themselves invisible. So keep that in mind if you invite one to your fight club. Uh, quick cue for you. Mm-hmm. Who would win in a fight? A jinn or Michael Keaton? <laughs> Easy. Michael Keaton because he's got nothing to nothing lose. Nothing to fucking lose. Nothing also. To lose. I've heard he also can turn invisible. Oh, yeah. It is known. Yeah. It is known. Like many demon-like entities and evil spirits, Arab people were mostly afraid of jinn because they thought that they were responsible for diseases and mental illnesses. Pre-Islamic Arabs used the term jinn as a name for all different kinds of supernatural spiritual beings, so angels and demons could technically be considered jinn, And they believed jinn could be to blame for all natural disasters like storms. But it was also believed that jinn could protect, kidnap, possess, kill, and even fall in love with humans. So, So like, basically anything that ever happened, a jinn could have been behind it. Pretty much, yeah. Wow. Blanket (laughs) statements there, people. But I think we all think of jinn more on the evil side. But I think that's just because I think horror movies, like the one I mentioned before, have just led us to believe that way. But actually, in folklore, jinn and demons are sometimes one and the same. It's interesting because when I think of a genie, I think of someone good. And when I think of a jinn, I think of someone bad. Yeah. And I feel like in horror movies, they use the word jinn. yeah. And then in like cartoons and children's movies, they use genie. But they're technically the same thing. Yeah. So. A jinn is depicted as being evil and conniving and tricking someone into doing something and then sometimes keeping their soul forever or even switching out their soul so that the jinn can then be free, a la a magic lamp. Oh. But these types of stereotypes, I guess we can call them that, 
They don't really exist in the Quran. Jinn are really just like people. I mean, they can make their own choices. Some are bad, some are good, but like humans, all will eventually be judged by how they live their lives. So like you mentioned, the magic lamp. Um, There isn't a ton of actual historical research on the whole magic lamp situation. Mm -hmm. It seems that this is more of like a Hollywood moment. Yeah. Where they kind of needed like basically a place to hide this magical entity. So in folklore, in history, genies or jinn don't not grant wishes but it's not like you find the lamp and you rub it and then you get yeah. three wishes and you're their master. It's sort of like if you were a djinn and I knew of you and I was super nice to you and we were friends and you're like, you know what? Let me do you a favor. And then yeah. you kind of grant me a wish. Right. It wasn't at all like historically like what it is depicted in movies. Right. Like I wish for a million dollars and then you get a million dollars and then the gin tricks you and really he robbed a bank and now the police are after you for that million dollars. Yeah, like monkey paw situation. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, so I didn't really find anything that said in history that that was the case. It's more of yeah. a modern interpretation of what a genie is with the whole wish granting and stuff like that. For sure. According to author Amira Elzine in her book Islam, Arabs, and the Intelligent World of the Jinn, pagan Arabs worshipped jinn, and this was way before Islam was even introduced. Pagan Arabs believed that jinn were masters of specific things, sort of like gods. So you know how Artemis is the goddess of the hunt? Kind of like that. Yeah. They also believed jinn were associated with specific nature elements. So kind of like how Zeus is the god of thunder. Right. Like I said earlier, they're made of wind and air. So it's sort of like an elemental thing mm -hmm. where I think it's sort of fun. It is. In witchcraft, it's believed sorcerers had the power to summon jinn and make them perform whatever the summoner wanted. Which also goes along with the genie in a bottle cliche. Totally. So maybe that's where they got that from. Yeah. I don't know. But it also could be why jinn get such a bad rep. Because sorcerers would summon a jinn with an invocation, with talismans or gifts presented to the jinn in order to lure the jinn in. And then they could just say, oh, go kill this person. Yeah. And then if that person dies by a jinn, the jinn gets blamed for it when actually it was the summoner really who did it. Right. As mentioned before, jinn used to inspire soothsayers or seers. See, soothsayers are basically fortune tellers, and they can see information from the past and the future. So some believe that these people actually got their information from jinn because jinn live longer than humans, and they would have this knowledge. That's pretty cool. It's sort of like a con, actually, though. Yeah. Yeah, it's like you know someone that was, like, alive 100 years ago, mm -hmm. so you can tell, like, what. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, I like this. All jinn are con men. All soothsayers are con soothsayers. men. Yeah. Whether this was a mutual relationship or the soothsayer was keeping the jinn hostage, it's unclear. As I said earlier, jinn can be controlled. And actually, one way to control them is by putting a needle to their skin or dress. Oh, but it has to be an iron needle because their greatest fear, I guess, besides wolves, is iron. Well, wolves are their natural predator. Yeah. 
Which, sidebar, because I think I need to buy some, like, just pure iron, like a rod or something, because just through research, it seems like a lot of supernatural creatures are afraid of iron. Why? I have no idea, but it seems like it's a good thing to just have, because I know the fae don't like iron. Yeah. And it's just a thing that some supernatural creatures are just afraid of. So always keep a cast iron skillet on your stove. And then anyone that comes in, whether fae, supernatural, or just like an intruder, just whack them in the face. Just to be safe. Uh Uh-huh. I would be afraid of that. Same. Anyways, the theory is that you can control the djinn with this iron needle because... The fact that it's iron means they're afraid to pull it out. And basically, you can tell them to do whatever you want, and they will if you promise to take the needle out. Jinn or jinn-like entities are found all throughout pre-Islamic Middle Eastern countries. The ancient Sumerians believed in an entity called Pazuzu. And no, not the Pazuzu from the Exorcist movie. Dang, I was just going to ask you. Although the flash of his face uh-huh. still gives me nightmares till this day. Yeah, it's like one of the scariest parts yeah, of that Yeah, like the movie. red lips and uh-huh. the sunken Stop in eyes. Stop picturing it. Yeah, I, I know. It. Well, the picture came up when I was doing my research, so I had to put it in here. <laughs> Pazuzu in ancient Sumeria was a wind demon who had the body of a man, the head of a lion or dog, talons of an eagle, two pairs of wings a scorpion's tail, and a serpentine penis. Hey, he also had a dad bod. <laughs> Whatever that means. I mean, what what is a serpentine penis? I don't even want to try to picture it in my brain. I want to. I want to picture, picture it. I want to picture right that it is a whole snake. And like <laughs> the end of it is also like an actual head of a snake. Okay. And, and the okay. snake is fucking miserable and it doesn't want to be there. <laughs> Does it pee out of the mouth then? Uh... Yeah. <laughs> okay. All right. Yeah. Like that right. snake is like when you do like really bad karma, you end up as a serpentine penis. <laughs> like that's like the low of the low. Got it. So live your life well and you will not be a serpentine <laughs> penis. Yeah. Be kind to others or you will be a genius dick. Yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Pazuzu was generally thought to be evil and was blamed for all sorts of natural disasters like dry seasons resulting in famine, and even locusts. So sort of similar in the sense that he's made up of animal parts and was also blamed for natural disasters. Well, he's probably really angry because he's a fucking snake for a dick. <laughs> so I would be kind of pissed, be too. too. Also, you said he has four wings, two sets of wings. What if they're like dragonfly wings and they're like really <laughs> embarrassing? One on each shoulder. Yeah, it's like so embarrassing. I mean, it didn't specify, so it's very possible. I want to imagine. This is how I imagine my Pazuzu, okay? Like, mm-hmm. everyone likes has their own Jesus. Like, your Jesus likes to party. Baby Jesus. Whatever. Whatever Nine pounds, eight ounce. Yeah. My Pazuzu, okay, has the man of a dad, or the body of a dad bod. Okay, so he's, like, <laughs> definitely, like, had way too much, like, to drink. Yeah. Um, He's got some sympathy weight going on. He's mm. a little chunky around the middle, right? Right. Head of a lion or a dog. I'm gonna go... Standard poodle. Love it. Full trim. Love it. Okay. Talons of an eagle. That's just regular. Yeah. It's just chilling there. Can't really, yeah. Two pairs of wings. They are dragonfly, dragonfly wings. wings. On the shoulder. Mm. Very cute. On each sol- shoulder. Yeah. Actually, it's like one like one on each shoulder and then also like tramp stamp. Like, Ooh, like lower too. Yes. Yes. Uh-huh. Love it. Scorpion tail, that's fine. It's regular, but it is the size of a scorpion's tail. So it's very, very <laughs> tiny on a full adult man. Okay. Okay. And then just like a full snake dick. 
Yeah. I really want to... I need someone to draw this for you us. You need a mock-up of this, for yeah. sure. I need a 3D rendering. <laughs> someone 3D print me. I need a 3D replica of somebody can make that. <laughs> someone 3D print me a Pazuzu with a dead bot <laughs> and a tiny scorpion tail. The- <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm totally just, like, taking over this. But I'm obsessed with the way this man is being described. Well... I don't know how to transition from this, but so I'm <laughs> just, just going to get back to the I'm just going to I'm just going to say it. Just do it. <laughs> <laughs> the ancient Babylonians believed in an entity called Utuku, also referred as Udug. And this is another demon-like creature that could be good but also could be evil, kind of like the jinn. Okay. The Utuku were said to live in spooky, dingy areas like scary caves or graveyards or mountains or, I guess, just by some scary part of the sea. Inside of a dumpster. Yeah. All places where jinn were also said to roam. So, kind of similar. Also, no one really knows what one looks like, which is another jinn trait, as yeah. some believe that they can be invisible. The Babylonians also believed in Rabishu a vampire-like demon. The Rabishu are known for hiding in dark corners, specifically around the entrance to homes, Whoa. which is fucking terrifying. That's like the scariest place to hide. Here they would jump out of the shadows and attack their unknowing victims. But it was just verbal attacks. It was like, I remember when you got that F on that paper in high school and you're never going to forget about it. Those pants make your ass look fat. What? <laughs> You might be thinking, like, how the hell is this a gin? Because literally none of that made sense to what we just told you. Well, there is a type of gin called a ghoul, and it's spelled G-H-U-L. Little green ghouls? Or are we talking, like, Julia Gulia here? We're talking Julia Gulia. Oh, no. <laughs> no, I'm just kidding. A ghoul is an undead monster who frequents graveyards and eats human flesh. Oh, so little green ghouls. Little green ghouls. Okay. Also Julia Gulia. Yeah. I feel like she does that she too. She definitely eats human flesh. A ghoul is also a shapeshifter and can take the form of an animal. It can also hang out in deserts or abandoned places, and it preys on children, mm. drinks blood, Yum. eats the dead, okay. and the worst of all, steals coins. Not my coins! <laughs> They can take the form of the person they just ate, too, which is, I think, the creepiest part about that. That would be such a cool movie. Yeah. In Palmyra, an ancient Syrian city, they believed in an entity called Jinnay, and they, like Jinn, resembled humans. I'm still, I'm still Jenny from the block. <laughs> Jinnay from the block. But the Jinnay were kind of like the good guys. They protected caravans, cattle, and small villages. People worshipped the Janae and even kept shrines in their honor to thank them for their protection. That's like the hip one. You know, like she has like hoop earrings. Like right. You can like get fashion advice from her and like she'll totally let you use her lip gloss. <laughs> in Jewish mythology, an entity called the Shadim is similar to Jinn. Both are thought to be invisible, but are also human-like in the sense that they aren't immortal and they have free will. Some believe that Shedim inhabited the world even before humans. Ooh. Also like Jinn, they aren't thought of as demons or necessarily good or bad, and it's believed that they can also shapeshift like the Jinn. 
Jin may even have some influence in good old Christianity. Finally. Some scholars debate whether or not Jin can be compared to fallen angels from Christian traditions. While the idea of a fallen angel does exist in the Quran, along with Jin, there are still some similarities between the two. Fallen angels obviously fell from heaven, so they were once angels, and there's nothing really to suggest that jinn were ever angels or even involved with heaven. So I think that's sort of why jinn are more just associated with evil and demons. Interesting. It's almost like the Christians were like, wait, we want it on this. How can we possibly make your culture fit into our culture? Like they did with everything else. Every single other thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. As we mentioned before, jinn play into the Islamic faith and the Quran quite a bit. Jinn are mentioned in the Quran 29 times and are often in religious stories. The story goes that in the 7th century, the Prophet Muhammad began spreading the word of the Quran to every man and every jinn that he could find. He sent prophets and messengers to human communities as well as jinn communities so that his message would be heard far and wide. Muhammad told stories to men of the Al-Gahib, or the Unseen, a type of entity that he called a jinn that was like a human in a way, but also different in a lot of other ways. So humanoid is what I'm going to say. So basically a cryptid. Like, let's get real, right? So he's got some dragonfly wings on his shoulder or some shit? Like, there's this guy. His name is Kyle. (laughs) But he has a scorpion tail? As a tram stamp? No, like a real, it's like very small, but it's like right where the tramp stamp would be. Oh. Mm -hmm. Okay. I don't bring it up, but like, you know, he's sensitive about it. Well, yeah. Yeah. There's a story in the Quran called Al-Jinn that tells the story of Muhammad and his followers meeting a jinn. The jinn is converted to Islam and it renounced its false gods after hearing Muhammad recite the Quran. And the jinn's like, hey, God... Um, super sorry I didn't believe in you. Oh, and also I'll tell all of my gin friends about you so that we'll all believe in you because you are the only God. Mm. Which makes total sense if you're trying to convince other people to follow your Yeah, basically, if you're slinging a holy book, you're going to be like, this is the truth. Even this genie believes me. And he is kind of mystical. You can't see him, though, but he's here. He's real. It's sort of like... Yeah, it's like, um, I have a boyfriend. He's just in Canada. His name is George Glass, and he's just not here right he now. He goes to another school. <laughs> you don't know him. But he totally believes in God. He absolutely does. So you should, too. Yeah. George Glass. <laughs> in Mecca, the holy city, there is a mosque of the jinn, which is literally a mosque built on a special place where supposedly a group of jinn are said to have gathered to hear the Quran read out loud. This is one of the oldest mosques in Mecca, and I looked it up. It's very, very cool and very beautiful. Mm. In the story of Solomon, jinn appear as a nature spirit. If you are not familiar with the story of Solomon, which I wasn't at all, not a not a big religion guy, so I have no idea what things are. <laughs> He was the prophet king of the Israelites. He prayed to God asking for a kingdom and God was like, oh yeah, sure. Here's a kingdom. Is that God's that's, voice? I think that's what God would sound like. What do you think God would sound like? 
I hear it more like booming. Like a booming voice? I'm God. Really? Like kind of like Batman, but less like raspy. I'm Batman. I'm God. I'm God. Yeah. Really? Not like, oh, hey, guys. <laughs> no? That's the Jersey Devil oh, voice. Oh, is that where I'm getting that? Yeah. Okay, well, well, we'll switch it up then. Okay. So in that case, Solomon's like, hey, God. And God's like, it's me, God. Is that good? <laughs> yeah, that's a good okay, God voice. Great. And Solomon's like, yeah, I know. I just called you. And God's like, what do you want? And Solomon's like, I need a kingdom. And God's all, oh, sure. Here's a kingdom. That's pr- that's a fine God voice. Yeah. That's okay. But God could also be a woman. Well, God, that was I am a woman, so that's my voice. Just like a deep raspy. Yeah, yeah. Like God smokes way too much, <laughs> and like honestly, we're trying to get her to quit, but she's addicted to like just how cool she looks. You know, she does look really cool. She looks she so smokes. fucking cool because she like smokes it out of one of those like long black like Carrera Deville style. Oh my god, she looks so fucking cool. Yeah. It's like where do you even get one of those? Yeah, she keeps Amazon. her cigarettes in like a little metal case. She's always offering them to you. It's like. I don't smoke, but I kind of want to start because you're offering. <laughs> yeah, so she just has a smoker's voice. She also looks exactly like Frances McDormand. Mm. Oh yeah, that's a that's a good one. That's my god. Yeah, that's my god too. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so Solomon calls up Francie D. and <laughs> Francis McD, <laughs> and she gives him she gives him a kingdom. Okay, yeah. So. so Solomon was said to be able to communicate with the jinn, unlike most other people, because he had a special power that was granted by God, which allowed him to speak with animals and spirits. With this power, Solomon was given the authority to command the jinn and other devils and other spirits and also like mice and squirrels and stuff. The jinn were used as a were used as labor to build monuments for Solomon. The jinn built him a spring and a molten flow of copper, all to honor King Solomon. King Solomon had a massive army, like the like almost as big as the army in the United States, and it was made up of men and jinn. The jinn commanded animals to also fight for King Solomon, because jinn, they're they're natural beings, so they were like, mm-hmm. "Hey squirrel, what are you doing tomorrow? Um, there's this war, and we need you." And the squirrel's like, "Okay, I'll be there. I have nothing else going on." But then eventually Solomon dies because he's just a person. So he's leaning on his staff and he passes away. And his personal guard is made up entirely of jinn and they don't notice that he dies. So they just continue to do what they're doing and they're toiling away for him. It wasn't until God sent an animal, which was a tiny little worm, to chew at the staff until Solomon's body falls to the ground and the jinn notice that he's dead. So he died standing up and nobody moved him? Yeah, he was like heavily leaning on a staff and no one noticed. <laughs> he was just there for like seven days yeah, he and had, was like, he's just really mm-hmm. committed. Yeah, he had really bad posture anyways, so like it was really hard to tell and they didn't want to correct him. So a worm has to eat him? To yeah, how long does it take? Fall? How long does it take for a worm to eat through a fucking staff? Uh, Probably at least a year. At a minimum, right? So his body's fully decomposing and he's standing there and the worm is chewing on a staff and the jinn are just doing their thing, right? Like working for Solomon. Mm -hmm. The Quran says if they had known the unseen, they would not have stayed in the humiliating torment of being enslaved. But they noticed. So they're all like, hey, he's dead. We're free. And then they just left. 
none of them tried to leave like they just <laughs> no because they were under his command okay and he as long as he was alive they were under his command mm. and then he died but they didn't notice and the worm's like hey everybody <laughs> and they're like oh shit this worm is saying something <laughs> solomon's dead he's been dead for like an entire year oh shit he just fell you want to go play cricket yeah yeah that sounds good you want to go invent cricket yeah yeah that sounds really good and that's where cricket came from jen <laughs> thanks jen what i what i find super interesting about this whole deal is that jen seemed sort of like gods like you said earlier mm-hmm. or like a quasi god where it's like a not like the main god but like a god of something yeah. right before islam and then in the quran they're seen as spirits and almost like a mindless drone i mean they worked for a really long time after this dude died well they were controlled by him right but then when they noticed he was dead they're like oh we're gonna go free will i guess so so it's just interesting to me like they're dumb enough to be enslaved forever until that little worm came and told them that solomon was dead so they come off as powerless to god in a way but again this makes sense because there was a plan to turn a polytheistic society into a monotheistic society. Mm. So they took the pagan religions and they yeah. boiled it down to have one God, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you can't have like a bunch of gods walking around because who do you focus on? <laughs> the worm. The, wor- the worm is God. Whoa. I do think it's sort of fun though because jinn are considered to be on the same playing field as humans. Like we're all subjected to the same rule. It's mm-hmm. said that when a jinn dies they go to the same afterlife exactly like a human would so they have to abide by the rules that humans do if they want to get into heaven one um one little issue though is that jinn super love to eat humans oh it's not going to get you into heaven yeah they're also super big on eating like rotten flesh and bones gross Mm -hmm. and as we all know whether you are islamic or religious or not Eating human meat, generally frowned upon in many societies. Yeah. 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 So imagine you just, like, get up to heaven, and God's like, oh, do you um, remember when you ate Dave? (laughs) Yeah, he didn't like it, so now we can't let you in. That's a valid reason, though. (laughs) And you're like, oh, fuck, I forgot about Dave. Dave. He was super annoying, though. Yeah, he deserved to be eaten, but damn, you're right. You're right. It's like, yeah, but like, you shouldn't have. (laughs) And you're like, yeah, no, that's fair. (laughs) So then you don't get into heaven. Yeah. The canonical Hadith, which are like sort of like the original six books that had the teachings and word of Muhammad in them, contradict themselves in the types of jinn that exist in the world. One says that there's three kinds. One type of jinn can fly. One are just actually dogs and snakes. Like, that's just what that animal is. Okay. And then another one looks like a human being. Another book says that, yeah, there are three types, but they're either a four-legged beast of some sort. Um, There's jinn who don't know the word of God. And then there's those that believe in God and look like humans, but have the soul of a devil. So they'll never be a full human. So we're kind of all over... All across the board on this one. <laughs> yeah. And then there's another one that says that there's actually four types of gin. There's the Carrie, the Miranda, the Samantha, and the Charlotte. Mm. 
So, yes. And then also the snake. So actually five types. Oh, Oh, that's just Carrie. I'm sorry. Um, According to Islamic scholars, the way that it all went down at the beginning time was that angels were created on a Wednesday. And then like a thousand years later, it's very fast and loose with the timeline here. (laughs) It's at about a thousand years later. Yeah. Give or take. On a Thursday, the jinn were created. And then God was like kind of tired. So she sat down for a while and she waited another about thousand years to create humans on a Friday because he knew you got to get down on Friday. Then he took a super long weekend. And then he went back to work the following Wednesday. A, a thousand years later or? Like, who knows, man? Like the the timeline is. I'm going to say like oh. a minimum a thousand years later. Okay. Yeah. yeah, that seems right. Mm-hmm. So angels, jinn, and human were all basically the same sort of creature, if you will. They all have individual characteristics. They, like you said earlier, different genders. There's male, there's female. Different skin colors. Like, you get the idea. It's like just regular people. But either you're an angel, a jinn, or a human. Mm-hmm. Jinn were created by God out of fire and air. They're said to look like humans, but also be invisible. They're able to have children. They fall in love. They eat. They drink. They go to restaurants. They have complex emotions. And then they die just like most of us will. It's also written that they cannot be detected by human senses. Along with this, every devil and every angel are considered jinn. But not every jinn fits into the category of devil or angel. That's confusing. It's very confusing. Um, I think it's just that there's like three types, sort of like devil, angel, and then like outlier, like a like a very chaotic neutral. <laughs> okay. You know? You bring in the D&D terms. Got to. Okay. At the beginning, all three races kind of kept to themselves with angels preferring the light, jinn preferring dark spaces, and then humans just like doing whatever we do and like rolling around in the dirt or whatever. <laughs> jinn were very peaceful until corruption and injustice spread rampant among their communities. God was like, oh, can you knock that off? But they totally ignored him. So then God sent angels to battle the jinn. Not a dance battle, like a real murder battle. Oh, yeah, that's so I fun. Know, I know, which is so sad because the jinn have been working on that routine for oh. a really long time. A five, six, seven, eight. <laughs> There were only a few jinn left that survived the battle, and they were all banished to the far islands or the mountains to live out their remaining days. The jinn had decided to repent and join Islam, and they were saved. However, since they were created a whole day sooner than humans, and also a thousand years, like a thousand years <laughs> in a day. Give jinn, or take. Yeah, whatever. Jinn always felt superior to humans. And they were envious that the humans were allowed to walk around like they owned the place, but they were kind of kept to the shadows. Mm. When Islam spread out of Arabia, the belief in jinn were merged with the local beliefs in the area, like Turkey, India, and Africa really took to it. In Pakistan, a female jinn is called a janiri, which is my favorite word for jinn because I think it's the cutest one. And they were most popular in folklore. There's a tradition there where you have to ask permission before you pour hot water in any capacity, like if you're making tea or running a bath or anything like that, to avoid pouring water on a janiri and angering her. Like she might be in your teacup? Maybe. Just chilling? Yeah, man. I'm going to go out on a limb here, but I'm going to say that that's her fault. 
<laughs> whoa, whoa, whoa. You better ask permission. Maybe you shouldn't be in the teacup. You know what? Maybe she wants to because she's just, she's having a moment. Well, then expect hot water to be poured on your face. Wow. You are so going to get into a fight with a gin. I know. It's also said that in Pakistani lore that gin fear iron, like you said earlier, and they're generally found in abandoned or dark places. They are stronger and faster than humans, so you have to be careful when you meet one or pour water on one because they're probably going to fist punch you in the mouth. Damn. Yeah. I'm so going to lose this fight. Watch out. Just a fist right out of a teacup. In the Persian Gulf, there's a cave called the Majlis Ajin, which is sh- straight out of Aladdin, dude. Like, Google image this. It's the coolest thing I've ever seen in my life. It's this really tall, dark cave with a single stream of light that comes from the ceiling, hmm. sort of at an angle. Like, it's incredible. It's seriously out of a movie. Like, there should be, like, a treasure or a jewel underneath that one spot of light or something. Yeah, or, like, a in little, the cave. like, golden lamp or uh-huh. whatever. Uh-huh. So it illuminates this little patch of ground. And this is supposedly where the djinn like to hang out. It's pretty cool, and I would like to also hang out there. Yeah, don't blame them. In Turkish lore, djinn are often put into the same group as the inn, which is just the word jinn without the J for some reason. Wow. This is a demonic entity. They're said to cause illness, mental disorder, and sleep paralysis. The legend with these inn and Turkish jinn is that while their hearts beat, they're invisible. Once their hearts stop and they die, they manifest as a corpse. Zombies? Well, they're just like a dead body. Oh, oh yeah. they don't come back to life. Yeah, so like a djinn will be walking and then like get hit on the head with a rock and then bam, there's a corpse. And you're like, where the fuck did that come from? <laughs> it just goes out of nowhere. It's like, bam, corpse. Wow. Yeah. In the Urdu culture of South Asia, djinn are said to be chonke. And I just wanted to bring that up because it's cute. Like they're all fat for some reason. And it's also... Robin Williams, Genie, and Aladdin. Oh, yeah. He's a big dude. And then Will Smith kind of like had a six pack or whatever. He ruined it. Always, dude. He's so vain. (laughs) In Morocco, it is believed that jinn inhabit lonely or haunted places. They are said to possess and scare people who come into their homes. Also, if a human kills a jinn who had taken the form of an animal, the jinn will retaliate and physically harm the human and their family. And they might even kill them. So if you go out hunting, be careful. Not to kill a gin. Yeah. That also looks like another animal. It's a little confusing, but I'll try. And also always ask permission before you pour your tea. I'm never doing it. I'm that. asking you, Nicole, please. Do please do this nope. for me. Nope. God, you're so I'm just so scared for you. <laughs> In Morocco, it's widely believed that gin can possess a human. They have a special exorcism ritual for when a gin is involved. The legend is that jinn must have permission to enter a human to possess them, but you don't have to directly say, like, Arnie Johnson style, like, get inside my belly, you know? Get inside me instead, jinn! <laughs> you don't have to do that. Let's say that lately you've been feeling a little insecure, or maybe a little bit sad, or maybe you're just not feeling at the top of your mental health game, or you're depressed, or maybe you just got out of a bad relationship. All of those feelings invite a gin into your body. Well, that doesn't really feel like an invitation to me. It's like you're sad and you need something to fill that hole. Oh. So a gin's just gonna wiggle inside there. 
And then they play Puppet Master for a while and they walk around in their new human suit. And then they either get bored or they get exercised out. Sometimes Jin will possess a person to have a romantic relationship with a human also. Mm, that's not a healthy relationship. No. Like, is he lying to you, ladies, or is he a Jin? All right. Now we know a little bit about Jin. Now for the age-old question. Uh-huh. Are Jin really real? Do you think they are? Well, according to Islamic belief, they are. And I think if Christians can believe in giant talking snakes Serpent. and a man with a giant boat carrying all animals ever created ever, I think we can let Muslims have jinn. All right. I want to talk about this really quick. Mm-hmm. Um, just just like a little little bit about Noah. Why? <laughs> Down the Noah train. Just for like one moment. Okay. Okay. Why the fuck did he let cockroaches on? I, well, or like centipedes. Why? I don't know. He's like, oh. Maybe they just snuck on. Malaria mosquitoes? Yeah, get on, guys. They snuck on. You get over here. <laughs> what are you doing? Terrible. He just let the worst animals He's a on. pushover. He couldn't tell anyone. No. Oh, it's true. They had the ticket, so they got the ride. That's how it works. <laughs> Muslims fear jinn possession like Christians fear demonic possession. And jinn possession is taken very seriously. The exorcism process takes place in three stages. The first stage, the exorcist will remove any distractions like musical instruments or gold jewelry. They always turn the TV off. Yeah. The exorcist will then remove all pictures from the room. The second stage, the healer, or I guess exorcist if we want to call him that, will decide if the person is actually possessed. And if they deem this person to be possessed... They will try to communicate with the malicious entity. Cool. The healer will ask what type of entity it is because it doesn't always have to be a jinn possessing you. And they will also ask the entity the reason why they are possessing you. After this little hot goss sesh, the healer will clean themselves, clean the room, and will ask anyone in the room to do the same. The third and final stage, the healer will begin the exorcism by reciting verses from the Quran. Sometimes honey and water is used in a purification ritual to help clean the person of their sins. I also have some real-life jinn stories, if you would like to hear some. Yes. Okay, well, these all come from a BuzzFeed News article. So, you know they're legit. Yeah, this is these are all write-ins. I, I guess the guy asked for stories and all these people wrote in. So Very fun. The first story reads, My uncle went to visit his cousins in India. His cousins told him that since it was summertime, they would all sleep in the courtyard together. However, they told him he wasn't allowed to place his bedding in a particular corner. Hmm. Apparently, a jinn slept there. And strange things would happen if anyone disturbed the corner. Yeah, because you're laying on top of a dude. (laughs) Exactly. My great uncle said it was nonsense and decided to sleep there anyway. Mm -mm. One night he woke up on the other side of the court. He laughed at first and thought it was his cousins who were pranking him and decided to sleep there again. The following night, the same thing happened. So he left a note next to his pillow saying stop pranking me 
I know there is no gin. Okay. That night, he said he was pushed off of his bed and his bedding was thrown on the other side. A note was also thrown onto his lap, which said, I sleep here. The scary part is, it wasn't that dark and there was no one there. Um, that's super fucking scary. Dun, dun, dun. And there also was someone there. It was just a gin. All right, the next story. This reads, at my boarding school, we had a few cases of bullying. In one instance, a bully broke a chain around a student's neck. Whoa, dude. As soon as that happened, the girl started to speak in a male voice while her body contorted in strange positions. Whoa. It said it was a djinn and had traveled from a faraway place. Meanwhile, the bully's tongue swelled and almost prevented her from breathing. Long story short, teachers were called into the room, and apparently her parents knew about the djinn and had gotten the chain for the daughter from a shaman to hold the djinn in. Oh, so they're just going to, like, keep that in there? They're just going to leave it in the girl, apparently. That's cool. I, I don't know. Maybe it, like, gave her, like, super strength and... You know how you really hate bringing in groceries in more than one trip? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Just so trying to muscle just, it in. Uh-huh. You just get your daughter to do it. They're, well, it helped her with the bully, so. I would do it, honestly. Some use out of it. And this is the last story and I think probably my favorite story. Okay. So this says, my friend was staying in the north of Morocco for the summer. One morning, she woke up with a big triangle of henna on her hand. She showed it to every person of her family, and they all said the same thing. The only valid reason was that she was now married to a djinn. Ever since then, she's never been lucky with love. Because <gasps> she's taken. Because she's married to a djinn. Dang, girl. Yeah. And those are all the stories that I have. There are a couple more in that article, so if you're interested, we'll link it, but... Those that was super fun. fun. Yeah. I like that. My favorite one is the girl with the super strength. <laughs> the gin <laughs> necklace. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like, there's a demon in my daughter, but she also has this necklace. So she's <laughs> cool, actually. Yeah. Well, that was super fun. That was gin and genies. Um, I'm glad we finally got around to it. Yeah. Yeah. That was a pretty Good fun one. one. A lot of information that I didn't know. Yeah. All right, and today's listener mail comes from, actually, it's a DM from mm, Instagram. Slippery slide. That's right. Well, Olivia M. slippery slid into our DMs, and she has a fun little story. She begins, okay, it's a little short, but it still creeps me out to this day. About four years ago, I went to London with my parents, and because of me, I really wanted to go to this bar called Ten Bells Pub in Spaddlefield. Which is apparently the last place two of Jack the Ripper's victims were seen. Mm. I love all of this stuff. My parents are complete skeptics, but agreed to go with me. All fine, lovely bar. We had a couple of drinks. Then my mom and I decided to use the bathroom upstairs. Up we went. The temperature dropped about 15 degrees Celsius, and the air became so clammy that it felt hard to get a deep breath. Creepy. There was one toilet, so I went first. Outside, the other person waited in a tiny hallway with a cabinet and a creepy-ass mirror. 
The whole time, I was babbling to my mom because I just felt this presence. And when I came out of the toilet, she begged me to wait for her as she couldn't cope with being alone. Mm-hmm. And she could not believe less in the paranormal or true crime. <laughs> we both reminisce to this day about that feeling. And although she hates to admit it, she knows that it's haunted AF. I remember getting goosebumps, the chills, and actually feeling like something could grab me at any moment. Ooh, I hate that. We ran downstairs and arrived back to my dad, sweaty and breathless, who thought it was hilarious. <laughs> Such a classic dad move. Thank you so much for your story, Olivia. And if anyone else has a fun story, maybe it's about a genie, maybe it's about something spooky that you saw, maybe you just want to say hi, DM us on Instagram, any of the social medias, honestly. Um, we're on all the platforms at Quite Unusual Pod. Or you can email us at quiteunusualpod at gmail.com. If you like what you hear, please, we ask that you rate, review, and subscribe to the podcast. And if you want to help support the podcast, we actually do have a Patreon as well. Yes, you can go to patreon.com slash quiteunusualpod or just search Quite Unusual on the internet like a normal person would and you'll find our Patreon. And we would like to welcome a new patron. Daniela Kay, thank you so much for joining our coven. Welcome to the coven. And as always, remember to celebrate the strange. And keep it unusual. Bye. And this is the part of the podcast where we give praise to the all-knowing leaders, supporters of the pod, and all-around benevolent beings. Spencer W., his previous reincarnations include a zebra, who was a watermelon before that, a golden retriever before that, Marilyn Monroe before that, and then a bagel. Oh. And then another bagel. Okay. And then... An everything bagel. Oh! And then a worm, but like one of those really long earthworms. Oh, yeah, okay. And Aristotle. Oh, sort of a big spag. Yeah. 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 To Tim M., who after having made kajillions of dollars through Catcoin, mm. Tim M. has decided to retire to his private island, an island made entirely out of the floating bodies of haunted dolls. Ooh. Definitely an interesting choice, but to each their own. Mm, Tim, can I come visit? Savannah L., the curator at a haunted doll museum. Oh! She's been working there so long, she knows all the personalities of each doll. Don't get her started on the drama between Annabelle and the other Raggedy Ann dolls. Does she supply the bodies for Tim's Island, do you think? Hmm. Possible. To Samantha P., who has recently been researching near-death experiences... She's devised a plan to experience her own near-death experience in the safest way possible by eating just enough death-by-chocolate brownie to ride the line between planes Mm. of existence and consciousness. What a way to go. What a way. Delicious. Lauren R., one of the haunted dolls from the aforementioned museum. A lot of dolls in this one. Yeah. Okay. Honestly, she doesn't really get what the big deal is about those other dolls. I mean, they can't even spit acid like she can. She's so talented. So talented. To Kaylee O, a cryptid from Japan. She's elusive. She's dangerous. She's always blurry when she's photographed. And boy, does she fucking love shrimp chips. Mmm, delicious. 
Jess H., the commander of an intergalactic star fleet. She and her fleet have traveled light years to see if a Dairy Queen blizzard is, in fact, so thick that you can turn it upside down and it won't spill out. I'm here to tell you, Jess, it is that thick. Mm, yes. To Evan K., a true crime TikToker. But instead of hunting down murderers and telling the tale of unsolved crimes, he helps you figure out where that sock you swear you put in the dryer went. There were two when the laundry went into the washer. A sock just doesn't disappear. And you know what, Kevin? Nope. And you know what, Evan K., he's on the case. KTT once high-fived Bigfoot, which is really hard because he's super tall. Good job, Katie. Yeah, she must have quite the vertical mm. leap. To Adam Kay, who once purposely got a curse from a mummy's tomb, just so that he could meet Brendan Fraser and Rachel Weiss. Mm. Yes. Yes, his skin was replaced by scales, and his fingers fell off of his right hand, and he almost got eaten by a bunch of beetles, mm. but all of his hair did fall out, I remember that. But it was worth it, because those two are just delightful. Honestly, I would have done the same thing. I don't blame him. Christina N. once dated one of Indrid Cold's sons. Connor or Connard? <laughs> Who knows? It was fine for a while, but he got grounded for crashing his dad's spaceship and wasn't allowed out of the house for a month. So she moved on. Good for her. Mm. And to Kelsey C., who has been known to pull a sword out of a stone or two in her day. Now, King Arthur won't stop calling her, and it's like, get the hint, dude. Nobody has time for a quest right now. Mm. Thank you to all of our coven members on Patreon. Without you, we are nothing. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're not worthy. We're just not worthy. 